Y'all see them clearing land out there this morning? Y'all see that out there? Come on. We take checks. We're ready. <laughs> Have people write me. They said, Pastor John, are, are we still moving? I said, yeah. I said, when? I said, ask the Lord. But it, I believe it to be very soon. And if Jesus tarries, when we sell this building, our intention, unless God directs otherwise, is to go to Bolingbroke, Georgia, right off the interstate, less than a quarter of a mile. There's uh, 12 acres there that have been promised to us to be given to us free with an additional seven or eight acres and we will be able to build completely debt free and to be 23 years into the life of this church and we still never had to have one capital fund drive because God has been faithful to us. So bring on the buyer, Lord, and let them be in a good mood. All right. Stand with me, turn in your Bibles to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 21. Luke 21. Looking forward to seeing you tonight. We're going to do one summary of our last uh, eight or so weeks study in Ephesians chapter 1. And then the following Sunday night, Lord willing, we will be begin, beginning Ephesians chapter 2. Uh, different than preaching, it's an in-depth study and cross-referencing of the book of Ephesians. And the title of our series is In Him, For Him. Just that phrase. If what you're doing with God and for God can be in that phrase, in Him and for Him. All right, Luke 21, if you're there, say amen. I'll be reading two portions of Scripture. I asked you just to turn to one, reading out of the Amplified Bible. Jesus, in answering a question that was given to him about signs of the times, end of the age, he said, they will fall by the mouth and edge of the sword and will be led away as captives uh, to and among all nations. That's the Israelite. And Jerusalem will be trodden down by the Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles is fulfilled or completed. That is happening now. And then there's the gap. And then, after the time of the Gentiles is completed, after the church age, there will be signs in the sun and moon and stars, and upon the earth there will be distress, trouble and anguish of nations in bewilderment and perplexity, without resources, left wanting, embarrassed, in doubt, not knowing which way to turn. And at the roaring and, uh, and the echo of the tossing of the sea, men swooning away or expiring with fear and dread and apprehension and, and in expectation of the things that are coming to the world. For the very powers of heaven will be shaken and caused to totter. Matthew 16, 1 through 4. Now the Pharisees and Sadducees came to Jesus and asked him to show them a sign, a spectacular miracle from heaven, attesting to his divine authority. And he replied, when it's evening, you say, it will be fair weather for the sky is red. And in the morning it will be stormy today, for the sky is red and has a gloomy and threatening look. You know how to interpret the appearance of the sky, but cannot interpret the signs of the times. A wicked and morally unfaithful generation craves a sign, but no sign shall be given to them except the sign of the prophet Jonah. Then he left them and went away. Before you're seated this morning, understand that Jesus was speaking to the unbelieving generation. He said, you have no sign except... In the same way Jonah went into the belly of a fish for three days and was delivered, so will the Son of Man uh, be lifted up like Moses, uh, lifted up the serpent in the wilderness. Uh, he will be buried for three days and come back to life. But to the believer, many signs, many evidences, many uh, validations that we are. And I know many generations thought they were, but we are 
the terminal generation. Everything is in place. I, and people say, oh, you don't know the day nor the hour. Not even the sun. Jesus, Jesus knows. He didn't when he walked the earth as the God-man. He uh, laid aside omnipotence and omniscience. And although the God element and God was still in him and with him, he was man. He didn't know. Don't tell me he sits at the right hand of the Father and didn't know when he's coming back. He didn't when he said it. But he know, heaven is ready. Is the church ready? And I want to speak to you this morning on, on a simple subject. Uh, what is going on? You turn on the TV news. I don't care if you're on Fox or the other ones. Uh, you can watch it and go, what is going on? We've lost our mind. We've lost our compass. We've lost our moorings. Common sense is no longer common. That's a hashtag for you. What is going on? And by search of the scripture this morning, I pray. Let me just pray. God, I pray you anoint me this morning with clarity and with unction and power that our eyes might be open, that we might understand the day in which we live and see the one who controls it. You, O oh Lord, are the author and finisher of our faith. You are the determiner of history and the one that sees it through. Let us not be Fearful at what we see, but confident in knowing that it is unfolding just like God said it would. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated this morning. I am not a political person. I do not have a political party. I do not have a favorite candidate. But I want you to know that there are things you can see in the geopolitical world, in the national context, in the economic system in which we live. And there are signs there and evidences. You need to see them with a spiritual mind. Don't tell someone right out the gate you're Republican. You are Christian. Christian. And I'm just going to throw this. Listen, I'm not telling you who to vote for or how to vote. But a Christian cannot support... Any candidate, male, female, white, black, orange, red, yellow, it doesn't matter. You can't support anyone that is pro-abortion and anti-Israel. You, you can't. You can't. Well, who do you vote for? If he's the fourth string independent and he acknowledges God, you ain't going to win, but you're not going to be on that side. So I just thought I'd throw that out there for free. I don't talk a lot about politics and all of that. But anyway, it limits the voting pool. I'll tell you that. Um, what is going on in the world? Separate from the, the, the nations, the world, it's, um, separate from the individuals, the world itself. The Bible tells us before the return of the Lord that the mystery of iniquity, lawlessness, is already at work. Only he that restraineth is restraining until till he be taken out of the way. That is not the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit does not leave the earth because if the Holy Spirit left the earth, then no one would be saved during the tribulation. No one would come to faith. No one would be reborn. It is your pastor's firm conviction that the rapture of the church is the taking out of the Holy Spirit's influence in the life of the believer. We are the salt that preserves the decay. We are the light that pushes back against the darkness. And what's going on in the world is what God foretold. The mystery of iniquity is at work that creates a lawless, anti-Jesus. It can be moral and be anti-Jesus. 
It can do good social works and be anti-Jesus, but it's a lawlessness that refuses to bend its knee to the authority and lordship of Jesus Christ. Mark 7 says you'll see and hear wars and rumors of wars. Don't be troubled. These things must happen, but the end shall not be yet. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be earthquakes in diverse places, famines, troubles. And these are the beginning of sorrows. We have not entered this exact thing yet. Jesus is speaking of the day of the Lord, the judgment of the Lord. But we're in the contractions, the similar contractions. The the contractions aren't as painful as the birth, I heard. Uh, But you see these things happening now. Uh, I don't have time to go into all the details, but we had more earthquakes 6.0 and higher in like a two-week span than in years and years. And you're not hearing about all of the pestilence and you're not hearing about the depravity. The economic system of the world is crashing. I'm not a pessimist. I'm an optimist. I'm positive it's crashing. I know there's no... If you own your own business, okay, you got a little uh, restaurant and you take in 10,000 a month and your expenses are 10 million a month. I can look at you without discerning of spirit and say, that ain't gonna work. The, the world has to be coming apart economically for there to be a one world economic system. The world has to be coming apart spiritually for there to be a one world, one faith religion which is not Islam, it's not Christianity, it's whatever you believe, baby, is fine. That's the one world religion. And then at the three and a half year point in the tribulation, the Antichrist will come into the temple of God, declare himself to be God alone, God in the person. And then all the relativism and the already worshiping like you want vanishes and it's a one world religion. One world government, one world currency, one world religion. What's going on in the world is you are seeing the madness show up in violence, ignorance, uh, pride, uh, selfishness, love for the world, love of the things of the world. These are the contractions that will find their fulfillment in the baby of the tribulation being born where the, the restraining forces moved out of the way and there are no godly voices. No salt, no light. When it says nation shall rise against nation, that doesn't mean Jordan and Israel. It is the Greek word ethnos, from which we get ethnic, ethnicity, ethnicity, that word. Uh, it's the races. And it's not just black-white. See, we think of that because we're in in the United States. It's black-on-black in other nations. It's white-on-white, different tribes, different dialects, hatred and violence and genocide and chemical warfare, uh, ethnic peoples hating and despising other ethnic peoples, race wars, national wars, boundary wars, economic wars, earthquakes, famine, pestilence, distress of nations. And the Bible said... During this contraction period, the world will look like an ocean just roaring. And it doesn't have really any sense about it. One wave laps over the other. And you can watch 30 minutes of the news, and I'm reaching for cigarettes. I don't even smoke. I'm like trying to find something. And be so, it's hard to describe, just just overwhelmed, just like, what? 
I have to do it in doses. I watch one and then turn one off and go, you know, and sit there and balance out. Because if I'm not careful and I take in everything, my sea starts to roar. Signs in the heavens. I don't have time to go into all of this because people here, is that me? Is that a plane? You too low, bro. You close. You need <laughs> up. Back is up. I'm not going. I know I'll stir up the conspiracy theorist people, but when you have the UFO phenomenon we have, and you think it's interplanetary, if it is a phenomenon. It's interdimensional, but there will be signs. There will be something that comes upon the earth in the day of the tribulation that God sends strong delusion because they love not the truth to believe the lie. Your pastor's opinion that it will be something from the sky. Something, someone, some, what if some figure come on the scene and he looked humanoid? Uh, angels can appear as people. And what if he's enough human to where nobody's scared? And he says, look, I'm just like you. I'm evolved. Uh, and he gives the cure of cancer. He just writes it down. He takes them to some cave in the Middle East and shows them new scrolls that teach us that we're all gods, whatever. But there'll be signs in the heavens. And so think it not strange that you hear very little about it. And then now with the advancing of technology every day. There's signs. They said unidentified. That's a, if I can't identify it, if, if you've got four doctorates, you know, and you can't identify what we're seeing, soon it will be identified. And here's the big one. Perplexity. Christians don't know what to do. Our lawmakers don't know what to do. Uh, we don't know how to, to fix. How do, you, how do you be righteous in leadership and not lose the unrighteous? How do you steer uh, econ into economic health when you don't pay your creditors? How can I be given the job to teach your children that Jesus wouldn't watch, teach them in the public school system, and not speak to them of discipline? How we are presented with dynamics, the Bible says, and perplexity will be upon all people. How do I work here and be this? How do I know the Lord and do this? How? It's a perplexing time because it's impossible. Men's hearts failing them for fear. The most fearful generation since, time, since we started accumulating statistics. The highest suicide rate. The highest suicide rate. The highest violence rate. Fear. Fear controls it. And it's, it's okay to be concerned, but fear about what is coming. Because it's progressed, you can track, if you don't have anything but from Andy Griffith on, you can track the degradation, the loss of the sanctity of life, common sense, and look where we are today. We are taking little eight-year-old boys, dressing them up as women, and letting them lead a gay pride parade. And you see where we're at, and you go, where are we headed What's going on in the world is as God said it would. Everything that you see that you would say is horrible 
It is leading us to the world's, world's acceptance of a one-world religion, a one-world government, and a one-world economic system that will bring a balance to the roaring for three and a half years. And we, are, I ain't planning on being here. And I know some of our believers, hey, sweet friends of mine, a lot of people, some believe pre-trib, some believe mid-trib, some believe post-trib, you know. Um, I had one lady tell me she's going through the tribulation. She said the Lord showed her. She said, what would you tell her? I said, I believe her. She said, I'm going through it. I said, I believe you. I ain't going through it. I'm not planning on it. And if I do go through it, he's coming for me. But I, you can have my seat. Here's my ticket. I don't plan. Anyway, number two. Y'all, I'm just in a lighthearted mood. With all of this that's going on, I want you to know your pastor ain't worried about when we move, where we move, how we move, who's paying this. My Lord has ordered my steps, and I'm fine. What if they pass laws and they take our homes? Then we go back to renting. What if they won't rent? We'll sleep outside. This is not our home. This is not it. This is the dress rehearsal. I spend most of my life dressed like this going to Waffle House. That's what I feel like. You ever been dressed for a wedding and you know they're going to have cucumbers on a toothpick? And you said, baby, let's just hit Waffle House one time with the, with the All-American, I think it's called, which you, you got the full breakfast and a hamburger and a waffle and hash. You get all of it. And you walk in and everybody goes, Billy Bob and, and M, Billy Bob and M. They watch you all the way to the table. You, you want to say, I'm, I'm going to a wedding. Oh, okay, yeah, I'm going to a wedding. I'm, I don't usually dress like this. I'm going to a wedding. That's how I feel in this world. I'm going to heaven. I know, you don't, I know I don't fit in right here. I know I don't fit in at work. I know y'all aren't going to invite me to lunch, and I know I stand out a little bit, and it's not that I'm better. I'm just dressed for somewhere else. I'm just dressed for somewhere else. I'm just... If you stop smoking, you could buy yourself a suit. But number two, there's a lot of money that goes down that drain. Number two, what is going on in the U.S.? Now, your pastor's about to go where angels fear to tread. So if you quote me, please quote the whole 10-minute or 5-minute diatribe, if you will. What is going on, pastor? It's very simple. It really is. Everything. And I mean everything is centered around and against our current president. Don't applaud, please. I'm not, this is not a political statement. Hear me out. Everything is centered around and coming against our president. And it is not for the reasons that you think. The hatred for him has many expressions. Some valid. hate to say that for those of you that are fans. And some invalid, but it has one source, and that is Satan. Those that despise, malign, persecute, and attack do so from a disguised platform of hot-button issues, but no one ever addresses the source of the vehement hatred. It is not his immoral past, which is immoral. <laughs> it is not his propensity to be crass and to say stupid things. Which is obvious. It is not his promise 
and success in draining the political swamp. It is, not his, it is not his eagerness to expose fake news, the dark state, the duplicit, nor the obvious. It is not his Twitter feed, his opinions about the NFL, or his courage, tenacity, and success in standing against the greatest onslaught of 24-hour-a-day media that your pastor has ever seen. I am old. Oh, you're not old. No, I'm, old. I'm 56. I have lived through several presidents and now with the age of media and social media. And it's, I have never seen a war criminal. I've never seen a serial killer, child molester. All day, every day, a onslaught tearing apart the most minute things like what his, why did his wife wear that color to this thing? Everything is attacking him. Now, I just told you some of the feelings of opposition are justified. But as a Christian, we don't judge things according to appearance. We go to the source. Now listen, it is easy to trace back this hatred. And this is why. He is one of the most strategic and time-sensitive supporters of Israel in the history of the world. He is a nationalist, not a globalist. The entire world has to be pushing towards globalism for there to be a global leader, a global government, a global religion. And this thing that makes them matter than anything is make America great. It doesn't matter if it's great or great again. Yes, let's do better. Let's, yes. But the hatred is not the man, although there is much in the man to despise. There's much in me to despise. There's much in you to despise. It's that he, even if he is not qualified morally or spiritually or intellectually, he is wired physically and with the personality to stand an onslaught that you couldn't take one day. Not one day. I get somebody on Facebook, don't like me or defriend. I'm like, what, 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 what did I do? What? I mean, thousands, thousands and thousands coming against him. So the, the, the reasons, there are three. He is, at this point in time, if it was important that Lyndon Johnson was there for the rebirth of Israel, and if it was important for King Cyrus years ago to, to, to give Israel permission to build again and funded them. At the last hour, it is important for us. And it is a hindrance to the, the global push towards Antichrist. He is the preeminent with nobody near him standing in the way saying, make our nation Great, which says to the spirit realm, and we are not better people. We're not better than other nations. It says to the spirit realm, your desire for one world, I stand against it. Your desire for one religion, I stand against it. Your desire for one economy, I stand against it. I, it's not make America great. It's bucking the intentions and spirit of this world that draws their ire and their hatred. They are inspired by what they feel are issues, but the source is Satan himself. And the other thing is it makes them so angry that they don't get to him. If someone with his past, 
And I'm not even getting into the, is he a Christian or not? I don't know. I don't know the man. Uh, Our previous president uh, campaigned as a Christian and then gets elected and says he's a Muslim. I don't know. I don't know if he's a Christian or not. No, No one knows the inner workings of a man's heart. But I will tell you this. This man... You look in his track record, and he didn't care what ex-wives said. He didn't care what friends said and people that had left his cabinet said. There's a part in him that I don't think it's a good character trait. I think it's just how he's wired. So, I hate you, and Now, that's callous. It's uncaring. But in that position, I'd love for all my feeling nerve endings to be burned off and feel nothing. So if, you're, if you are positioned, understand this, that God picks people sometimes not based on moral character, but on a quality that will accomplish his purposes. And if lying spirits can be sent from the throne of God to accomplish his will, then a crass, uh, a belligerent at times... Uh, arrogant at times, man, if I need somebody to withstand the world, he's not, you don't need sensitive Joe, you know, uh, can I meet with you? He goes, I don't care if you buy our cars or not. Next, you know. So understand this, while you're playing the political game with your Christian friends and you're trying to see that, you're missing the forest for the trees. Satan hates this man because he is pro-Israel. Satan hates this man because he's nationalist. And they hate him because he's not intimidated. I would be a nervous wreck. I don't want his job. Well, God knew what he had purposed. And he's using a very flawed vessel that in those two areas, nationalism and... uh, Uh, What was my first one? Hold on. Support of Israel. And he ain't budging. I appreciate this. Every time I hear he said something on Twitter, I just go, oh, Lord. Oh, Lord, don't, 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 don't. Because people know you support him. I supported my previous president. I had to find the things that I could support. He's about to say something. But I know when he gets up and he says, and it's just truth. He said, I told you I would be your friend to Netanyahu. I told you. And America is your friend. He follows through with most of what he said. Well, he's a liar. He's a liar. Well, you can go to every president back. Please stop doing the Democrat-Republican thing. How about this? You can pick your carrier. I'm going to get your insurance, but you can pick your carrier. And then you get in and go, surprise, you can't pick nothing. <laughs> you just, every pre- Y'all aren't laughing. That was a good point. It's, it's every, they all do it. Don't confuse the issue. We're heading to the last hour and you're talking politics. Doesn't matter. I know why they hate him. And for America to head into the rapture of the church and the great tribulation on the correct side, we have to be pro-Israel. And we can be carnal and the other things, but when God says, I'll curse you. And at the end day, now, if our president, if someone assassinates him, he said, well, then you have the vice president. Well, if, if there's an assassination or I've seen stranger things, if something happens and somehow in this crooked judicial system, he's removed or whatever, and the next one 
is globalist. Don't look for party. Look for that. And anti-Israel. We're done. We're done. And there's a sweeping movement now in Christian circles that is empathetic to the Palestinians. And we don't hate people, but they're not God's chosen people. They're not. You, you can say how you want and twist it how you want. But God said, I give this land to you forever. Forever. Okay. Number three. And I don't have time, so I'm not going to do two Sundays because I think I'm going to start. What's happening in the church? Deception. Illiteracy in the Word of God. Confusion. Contradictory and competing voices. Standing on the ever-changing platform of relativism. Seducers. Backslidden, carnal, lustful, empowers, empowered, purveyors of light that know not the Christ. Listen, just because they preach Jesus and preach out of your Bible, don't think that they can't preach another Jesus. Another one that does not fit the description found of him in the Old Testament. One that does not fit the description found in his life in the New Testament. A watered down Jesus, a deluded Jesus, an altered Jesus. There's testing in the church. The Bible says the trying of your faith. Uh, understand that God's... Uh, Testing your metal to see if your profession is genuine. And the trial of your faith, not your faith, but the trial of your faith is more precious than gold. It's the evidencing, the bringing to refinery, uh, taking you from, uh, you know, six or eight carats to 16 carats. It purifies. There's a pruning that's taking place in the church. Be careful of the church in the last hour that is all flowers. In this last hour, he's pruning us back to the ground. It's not beautiful, but he said, I'm the van, you're the branches, and my father's the husbandman. And the evidence of him working in your life is pruning. So that when it grows back, there will be more fruit. And this, uh, God wants you to be happy and come join our happy church, good times. Jesus invites us to die. And if you go, I was in a season one time. There was so much, you know, sometimes the Lord comes out with a little, you know, other times he comes out with, like, and then sometimes he goes, I wrote a sermon and I titled it something that I changed before I preached it, but I titled it Sap Squirting Stumps. Which meant I was kind of tired of the prune. And then I, you know, tapered it back to truth. But he cut me down to the ground. He said, this is no longer necessary in your life. Now, why do I have to, why would he use a chainsaw? Because you let the limb grow that big. I'm going to cut this back because it's diseased. And I'm going to cut this back because the devil grafted in this unacceptable branch, unacceptable person. Oh, I hit something then, didn't I? I'm cutting them off. I couldn't get you to let them go, so I let your job let you go to get them, you away from them. An apostasy. We are the terminal generation. The turning away from the Lord Jesus Christ. We're teaching courses in Christian colleges. The queering of the Bible. We're ordaining homosexuals. Brother John, do you hate? Absolutely not. That's just like ordaining an adulterer. 
It's, it's a different expression. It's an abomination. But adultery, God, God hates things that lead to divorce. We're, it, doesn't matter what you, it doesn't matter what you believe or how you live. Apostasy that, that rewrites catechisms that have stood the test of time for millennia so that we don't use male pronouns. It's, 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 it's you just, when we can't get the Bible right, we just rewrite it and fix it and drop things and don't preach against things and uh, don't preach for things. But there's also a separation. It will happen in the end, the wheat and the tares. And God tells us, don't you go and try to pull it up because you'll pull up the wrong one. We're not called to pull it up, but you will know. Because right before harvest time, when the wheat and tares grow up together, one turns dark and one stays golden. And right now, some of you are being torn from family and friends and you're not doing the tearing. Their, their leaf is withering. Their soul is drying up. They're Christian, but they love this world. They're Christian, but they're holding on to this sin. They're Christian and they know what God's word says, but I know this person and they're kind and I'm going to change the laws of God for them and it's happening. And you can't, I don't judge your heart, but I am not colorblind. If one is golden yellow and one is dark brown and it starts to wither, it's not because I'm better. Hear me, hear me. That person that turns away may have better moral character. They, in the sense of morality, they may be kinder or sweeter, but they're not connected to the vine. That's why they wither. Any goodness that comes from our life is not through effort. It's through being attached to the vine. And if you stay attached to the vine, everything will be fine. Number four, finally. And Ben, if you would come, please. Oh, I'm sorry. One quick sub point on the last one. What's happening in the church, there's also a growth and maturation in the lives of those that are connected to Jesus. Faithfulness to the word of God, to the person of God, to the people of God and the ways of God. Eyes that see further. Jeremiah, remember we talked about that? Eyes that see further. Ears that hear clearer. Confidence that can't be shaken and faith that moves mountains. These people offer praise that moves heaven. Worship that moves the heart of God. Sacrifices that are willing and suffering that is accompanied with joy. These people in this last hour are aware of the nearness of God, the presence of God, the faithfulness of God, and the power of God. Believers who are losing their life today in expectation of the life to come tomorrow. Believers who practice self-denial and carry their cross unashamedly following the person of Jesus Christ. Sheep who know their shepherd's voice and deep resolve that they will not follow the voice of another. Believers who truly do not love this world, nor the things of this world, but long for heaven. I love talking to believers. You start talking about heaven and their eyes fill up with tears. They go, today, Lord, today, today. But I haven't seen my babies grow. Today, I'll see them grow up in heaven. Today. And believers who stand up, speak up, stand out, and whose lives reflect and show forth the glory of Jesus Christ, the only true God. Number four, what's going on in the prophetic timeline? In my lifetime, we've seen the miraculous reestablishment of the nation of Israel and the preservation, the six-day war, miraculous preservation. We get all worried that somebody could send a nuke 
from across the ocean and on every board. You could put on a blindfold, and I know my buddy John's here. He spent years in Israel and others. You could put on a blindfold and walk to any border, and there's threat of annihilation. And every border, yet there's a preservation. Constantly constantly under small attack with threats that say, we live to destroy you, yet God is preserving them. What's going on in the prophetic timeline? The the trending anti-Semitic attitudes of the world and the nations. That's how God will divide up the sheep and goat nations. Which of you were good to these, my brethren, and who were not good? And now in the church, anti-Zionism. And God has left the nation of Israel. In the body of Christ, there is neither Jew nor Greek, bond nor free. A Messianic Jewish person is no more a son than I am. In the body of Christ, there is no Jew nor Greek, but in the world there is. And his heart is set upon, committed to, and sworn to the nation of Israel by election, not by merit. And any, listen, I I don't mean this in any way wrong. All I've ever been in my life is in the assemblies of God. I think it's the greatest evangelistic force on the face of the earth if you were to name a movement that reflects the nature and image of God I I think it's it there's scuttle and brewings about some motion and it got shelved at the last general council and I never talked to you about assembly of God stuff which I'm for it's all I've ever known from the day I got saved so 32 years I'm a lifer and they are It's presenting an anti-Zionism. It's a a pro-Palestinian empathy, if you will, which means by the turning to you, I'm turning away. And if that ever became the pulse of that, of our movement, just like if we, the Bible's no longer the inspired word of God, we become independent. Do you plan on being coming into it? Absolutely not. I believe we have the greatest leadership. And I believe they're going to vote this mess down and hope they excommunicate all those that would come against the nation of Israel. That's what I hope. But you understand, for your pastor, we side with the Christ, we side with the Word of God, and we side with Israel. Period. No discussion. The stage is set for the rapture of the church. The man of sin cannot be revealed until he... that. Is restraining is taken out of the way. The stage is set for Ezekiel 38 and 39, the battle of Gog and Magog, where he prophesied several thousand years ago what would happen before the battle of Armageddon. And every nation mentioned in Ezekiel 38 and 39 is positioned right now militarily. Today, it doesn't mean it's going to happen. Please hear me. Every nation, some have traveled many miles have stockpiled weaponry, men, soldiers, and they all the nations in the battle of Gog and Magog are positioned right now with the nations that surround them with the help of other nations declaring our sole purpose in life is to obliterate, obliterate Israel. And God said when this happens, now think of cell phones now and television, and it'll be all over the world. When they attack, Israel will never fire a weapon. Heaven is going to open and God is going to rain hailstones. And that's going to be on the news. 
why would the nations ever sign a peace agreement with Israel? I'll tell you why. When all of them are destroyed and 80 to 90% of a religion is destroyed, where can we sign? Where, where, where can we sign? And it shows from heaven. And pagan newspapers are going to say, the Lord God fights for Israel. Where was Allah? Well, he didn't show up. It's going to happen. Whether we're here or not, it's going to happen. And then I believe it, that's when the peace treaty is ushered in right after that. Because those nations say, we don't want none of your God here. Just We, we good. We, me and you, good. You can have that land. You can have this, these goats. You can have all this. You can have everything. To be eager to sign. And then Antichrist is going to come, the geopolitical figure, three and a half years of the wrath of man, which is the society, the godless society will be happy. And anyone that doesn't take the mark, which just means I submit to your government, I take a mark in my right hand or on my head so I can buy and sell and have food. And everyone that doesn't, the violence and the wrath of man, they, they just resemble Christians, they, just the hatred. And then at the three and a half year mark, when Antichrist is revealed as Antichrist proclaiming himself to be God, then such tribulation that has never occurred in the history of the world will come upon the world. And the Bible said, unless the days be shortened, there will be no elect saved. None of Israel would be saved. And then they come into Israel. Israel flees to Petra. And he said, in those days, don't even take your cup. Don't come down off the top of your house when you see these things happen. Run to the hills. And woe to the ch woman that's giving suck, nursing her babies. Run to the hills. And God cleared out the place in Petra and will protect them there. And then, in the battle of Armageddon, when all the nations of the earth, by all it means from every place, not that every individual person. If the United States is still here and we have our president, it looks like we ain't going. But the world in general comes against Israel. And the Christ returns not for his church but with his church and with the brightness of his glory he obliterates 200 million people that come against Israel and imagine we've got horses now Kelly's got horses I get to touch I pay for the food but Kelly gets the, the horses bridle high to a horse the blood runs through the valley of Megiddo and Christ comes and puts his foot on the Mount of Olives and it splits. And he says, enough of, I'll tell you what's going on. He answers the question, this is over. And he institutes a thousand year reign of peace and righteousness. The devil is released one more time. And believe it or not, there are those that hate law, governing authority so much that they turn against Jesus one more time. He destroys that rebellion, and then he burns the earth with fire. The prophet said, I saw heaven roll up like a scroll, and the earth was burnt. And he creates a new one. And we start over, ruling and reigning with him. Oh, what's he going to do? Does he start a, another Adam and Eve, or does he start several planets? We don't know. But we know this. Everything that you're seeing on the news is scheduled and promised. So what's going on? I want you to look. I want you to look me in the eye as I close this right here. He's keeping his word. Because if it didn't happen like he said it would happen, he's not God. If it doesn't get as bad as he said it would get, it's not God. 
If he doesn't come for his church, he's not God. And if he don't win, he ain't God. He wins. That's what's going on. We're on schedule. That just thrills me today. The world is horrible, but we're on schedule, baby. I'm, you ever drove out of a storm? You see it behind you? Look, just speed up. We, we, we're almost out of this. He wins. Lord, I just want to decree, you are the faithful God. Would y'all stand with me if this is you? Would you just echo this? You're the faithful Lord. Supreme ruler of all. There's nobody before you. There's nobody after you. We pay homage to you. We reverence our heart. We agree with your word. We agree to love the things you love and hate the things you hate. We, O oh Lord, are unworthy, but we are yours. And our life is hid in Christ with God. Nothing can separate us from your love. You will have your way in the earth. I pray, O oh Lord, for our president. I pray that you would give him wisdom how to go in and out among the people and not be abrasive. Let him stand, but not be abrasive so he'll have less of the, just the, that part of the antagonism. Give him courage to be the Cyrus you've called him to be. Help people see that this is not a validation, Lord, but it's proof that you know what instrument needs to work where. And we pray for him. I pray if he's not come to faith that he be born again of your spirit and let there be a meekness and tenderness that shouts your name when they see that transformation, God. But we just want to leave today, Lord, with that answer from your word in our heart. What's going on? God is keeping his word. That's what's going on. In the mighty name of Jesus, we decree it to be so. Bless your great name, God. And all God's people said, amen. Have a wonderful Lord's Day. God bless.